Tatiana here, a.k.a. your Tap Out Queen, to my P-Square listeners, those who are passionate about the pussy and passionate about the penis. Thank you for tuning in. Today's episode is called Shut Your Mouth because it appears that these two little words called oral sex is still censored on network TV. Hmm. I had the pleasure of meeting Amy Baldwin and interview her. So the interview that I'm actually going to share with you was pre-recorded. But Amy Baldwin is part of, and she's the co-founder of the podcast called Shameless Sex with April Lambert, who actually did the ribbon cutting for this year's 2018 Sex Expo that was held in Brooklyn, New York on September 22nd and 23rd. I was a one I was a vendor and I have to tell you that the traffic that I had at my booth was phenomenal. The love, the excitement, the energy was so mind-blowing and it was so great for me because I felt like I was a, like the David and Goliath, uh, you know, I'm a small vendor, but the love that I received was so mind-blowing again thank you thank you thank you and I have to tell you the oral sex bill of rights did very well with sales my cocktail oralicious did very well with sales and book sales oralicious the truth about oral sex intimacy and passion sold thank you thank you thank you so stay tuned and enjoy my interview with Amy Baldwin of shameless sex podcast So, Amy Baldwin and April Lampert are the creators of the Shameless Sex Podcast. But they basically are badass women who have a passion for educating and empowering shame-free conversations about sexuality. They make their own rules. Love it. And the truth of who they are, who they really are, and they hope to inspire you in the same way. It's a weekly podcast, so please visit their website. I'll definitely leave it um, also uh, at the end of the show, but it's shamelesssex.com for playful tips and tools to empower your sex and relationships. So, and also I'll give you some, the, the three episodes that I really enjoy, even I enjoy practically listening to most of them, but ones that I will highlight and have on my website to tap into, but also, let me just give you uh, Amy and April's um, bios. So, Amy Baldwin is a somatic sex relationship coach who who is trained in somatica and a sex educator in Uberlu. Did I pronounce that right? Yes, you did. Okay, as well as co-owner of a mother-daughter own pleasure boutique called Pure pleasure shop and I'll have all their information on my website as well. Amy has a passion for promoting same free pleasure focused sexuality education while emphasizing the deep emotional and energetic forces behind great sex and intimate connection. Offering everything from how to workshop and you can go on that website and check out her workshops. I'll have them listed on my website as well to erotic empowerment retreat. Woohoo Amy and then April <laughs> Lambert, 
I'm also very animated. I guess you can tell. April, April Lambert has been educating people about sexual pleasure, health, and wellness at a global scale for the past nine years. She traveled internationally as VP of Hot Octopus, and that's spelled O-C-T-O-P-U-S-S. And they're also going to be at the 2018 Sex Expo in Brooklyn, along, of course, with the Shameless Sex Podcasters. I'm excited about that, even though I'm going to try to get this posted before, but we'll talk about it after. So, Innovative Pleasure Products Company. April was voted Woman of the Year in the adult industry and continues to climb to new heights as the boss queen that she is. And together, Amy and April combined forces to create the Shameless Sex Podcast, inspiring radical self-love, sexual empowerment, and shame-free intimacy. Shameless Sex is unabashed real talk about sexuality with a playful twist. From pussy praising to how to be a badass in the like it is. So, Amy, you're awesome. Thank you for taking the time to be on my podcast. Or this is a tale of sex. Awesome. Thank you. <laughs> you are amazing. First of all, you, I was reading your bio and I was uh, looking at the thematic method of sexuality and so forth and it is is it something like tantric sex or uh, or no so it's a sex and relationship coaching method that is based off of um what was inspired off of another um practice called sexological body work which is a hands-on uh sexual healing practice that people are trained in so they can um do hands-on erotic work on folks but uh, the two wow. women that created somatica realized that the um the relationship component was missing for it not not in working with people on their relationship stuff but actually having an intimate relationship with their client not like a romantic relationship but like a, a level of closeness with them to help them work on their sex and relationship stuff because um, they felt like that was really needed as part of the, the the healing process for some folks or as well for them to be able to feel even comfortable opening up about sex and relationships. So it's much less clinical and much more relational. And, um, and then it takes the body into account, um, meaning if there's trauma, where is it in the body? Where do you feel uh, your fear? Where do you feel your arousal and your desire and um so wow. it's, it isn't all in the head. It definitely it's like takes the head and body and connects them together. So does your five senses tap closely into this type of methodology? Yes. yes. Yeah. Yes, my practice does definitely. I don't. I don't do too much hands-on work these days with people. Um, uh, I never did hands-on erotic work, uh, but I, sometimes I would do more hands-on work. Like if I had a client who um, was crying and going through a process of not feeling lovable, uh, I might hold them and pet their head or their back and tell them that they are lovable, or even that I love them because I do love a lot of my clients. Um, and, and so I do, I, I do that sometimes, but for the most part, people are coming to me more for guidance around sexuality because they're just honestly, one, feeling so lost, and two, they feel it's a really 
scary subject to talk about, uh, so they no. don't really feel like they have a lot of access to get support, and I become that support for them. Well, again, I want to congratulate you on the success of Shameless Podcast, Shameless X Podcast, um, that you are able to do such a great job creating an amazing platform for people to express their authentic self about sex, you know, and Mm -hmm. because when you're first starting out, you know, you have like a a checklist. You got to get on this podcast. You got to reach out to what's pretty much close to your category. And, and so I'm going through it, but what, why you guys stuck, stuck out was because you were just, it was just the energy that I got when I was listening to your very first podcast. Then I came across the one with Sean, and because oh yeah, right because again he was explaining why. Well, the topic basically was you know like you know why men shy away from that, and I even when I had a sex therapist, she was like, "Well, people don't like kissing." Then how are you fucking and not kissing? Saying that because it's like when you're having sex, or even at the start of sex, how are, how are you? Getting your energy flowing. How are you letting your guard down and relaxing to enjoy the art of the sexuality that you're putting forth? That's a question. Yeah, I, I mean, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm baffled by a lot of the stuff that still gets in the way of people and a lot of the inequality and the in in pleasure that seems to happen, especially in between heterosexual relationships and um and and yeah, and just. The, the way that people, they stop valuing, especially long-term relationships, this intimacy in general can be yeah. challenging. I mean, when it comes to, to sex, it's a lot easier to just have sex to have sex. You know, it's a lot easier to, um, to fuck someone than it is to, um, make love to them. Or maybe you make love and you fuck or you do all of it, but they're, but they're, when you bring in intimacy as part of like connection and closeness and mm-hmm, kissing mm-hmm. can be a, a part of that, it can be really scary for people because all of a sudden you have to show more of yourself and share more of yourself and also uh, open up to receiving more of someone else. And, um, and it's just, it's a, it's a scary thing. People aren't taught how to, how to work with that. They're just taught that, you know, sex is sex and, you know, men should be born knowing everything and that you shouldn't ever need help on these things and you should always have lots of orgasms, especially the men. Um, and if you don't have an ejaculatory orgasm during sex, then you failed and you should, your cock should be enough to please the pussy and if they <laughs> need more than your cock, then there's something wrong with them or there's something wrong with your cock and it's just like... I mean, no one's actually directly saying <laughs> those exact things, and yet, like, but that's the, the conditioning that's still here. Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah. I'm so glad you said that because it, it, when I first was ready to, like, launch and I had my press release and I was talk, just talking to someone in general, just, you know, getting feedback, and she said, well, first of all, we're, like, in a sex-positive community. You can't say nothing derogatory about anything or anyone. So I'm like, I'm not saying nothing derogatory about anything or anyone, but... Porn is fucking porn. It's yeah. the number one industry in America, and and we can't blame Christians or those who are like in denial that this shit doesn't exist. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And nine or ten, mm-hmm. what the requirements from men? You have to know how to suck dick, or there's a problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You yeah. Know, and I yeah. saw this in Los in Washington. The day that you 
Stop asking to have your dick sucked. I will burn every book and fucking shut down my podcast. Well, that's not happening. No time. <laughs> nope. That's not happening. Yeah, and porn, porn's a tricky one. Um, because I'm, I'm not, I'm not completely anti-porn. I'm very anti-porn as a sex educator. I in no way, um, think that it is, uh, should be regarded as an educator. And unfortunately, it's where people of all ages are learning about sex on how to touch and be touched or how they think their, their right. bodies should want what their bodies should want. Mm-hmm. Is. Um, and it's just completely inaccurate from everything from how to touch a vulva no, to, uh, three thumbs, the anal sex, and it's just, it's, you know, it's the worst in that, in that case. And there's definitely some good stuff out there, either like instructional DVD porn, you know, where it's all right. about how, the how to's, but most of it is right. just for shock value and it is, is not accurate. Right. See, I love you because she told, she shut it down. I'm like, I'm not saying nothing derogatory about porn, but it's misogynistic and why I really prefer watching women then a woman getting her pussy banged is because it's, 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 it's repulsive to me. Because when yeah. you see two women, it, it tends to be very sensual. And she's yeah. having an orgasm. She's having a pussy. Not bang, bang. And I'm not saying nothing derogatory, but I'm just saying that to me it's still very misogynistic. And it's like it's still not about the woman when you're watching porn. I'm sorry. Yeah. And and you know and like some you know plenty of women like to have their their pussy banged but after a right. lot of foreplay you know there's a time right. and a place and, it, right. and, it, and it's and it's usually not the entire session it's usually not for the first like fifteen twenty minutes and when I say fifteen twenty minutes that includes all of the foreplay it's it's right. like you know it's when that the woman gets that feeling of like I just want to be fucked right now and that comes with a lot of um, attention and touch yes. and foreplay and connection and mm-hmm. porn doesn't show that stuff. So I'm not crazy. And you no, know my you're not crazy. See, thank you. And I'm talking to an expert, people, okay? I'm trying not to be, like, so angry here. But she's absolutely right. So I'm not crazy. My book is called Oralicious, The Truth About All Sex, Intimacy, and Passion. And any time I do a this, they want to put me immediately in the porn uh, genre. I'm like, no, the first fucking chapter is about kissing. Second yeah. is about foreplay. Like, in erogenous zones, outside senses. Like, I went 10 hours because we kissed like fucking animals. And it was amazing. And the pussy stayed wet. And I think he was on Viagra, but even though he's in denial. But it was amazing because we were so engrossed in the chemistry and the passion. And I'm like, okay. Okay, I'm getting off topic. I'm sorry. But you're just great. That's sorry. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like but your passion. Getting back, <laughs> thank you. getting back to the topic and why I started my podcast. Is because I really want to shatter the glass ceiling and totally like give like information about oral sex is not disgusting, nor is it vile. You know, it's it's something that is a natural gift. And Marilyn Monroe actually talked about it. The natural gift, but we despise of it because I think the culture we live in. So I want to get your take on that. Why do you well do you think oral sex is still taboo, Amy? Uh, for plenty, for some people, I mean, it all depends on, you know, the people, the culture. This, this. So for some people, it really is. I think that um, pleasuring uh, a woman, you know, going down on a woman, it, there still is a lot of um, taboo around that. And, and, mm-hmm. and I, don't, okay. I mean, there's just these ideas that um, 
that it's not clean or I don't know, all, mm-hmm. all these, these weird hang-ups that folks have. And I think that there's a lot less taboo around oral sex in terms of pleasing a, a penis. Um, and, you know, it's different for everyone, but I've met, I don't think I've, I've met women who don't want to suck a cock, um, mostly because <laughs> they feel like they don't have skills. They're scared. And okay. They just don't feel like okay. they know know how to do it. And this is not a lot of women. I've just met a couple of them that are like, right. I'm, I don't, I'm or they're in long-term relationships. And, um, and I, and, you know, at some point in long-term relationships, it starts to feel like a job. And that's not how it has to be. That's just how, what people often do in long-term relationships. They start to look at sex as something that they have to do for the other person as opposed as to getting creative sure. and making it for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I uh, but I don't I think I've met very many uh, women who, who wouldn't want to suck a cock because they think it's gross or dirty. I mean, there are some, of course, but there's, I don't feel like mm-hmm. that's necessarily the thing. Whereas I have met men that, uh, um, mm-hmm. don't, they just say they don't like it. They, and for me, my belief is like, I think that you're just scared. You just don't think that you have very good skills. So you just have an excuse that okay. you don't like it. You know, you think it's gross okay. and dirty. Uh, but I will tell you that, and then you talked about kissing. I mean, most genitals are much cleaner than most mouths. So. Right. Exactly. Yeah. See, mm-hmm. love you again, Annie, because that's so true. You can get a cold shaking hands and get a cold through kissing, people. Yeah. Okay, calm down. Stop down. Your yeah. Face, well, uh, yeah, mouths, <laughs> mouths are just nat- naturally have a lot of bacteria in them. So if you think that, uh, you know, a pussy or a cock has a whole bunch of bacteria on it, it might, but it probably has less than your mouth. So um, it's not a good argument. And if your argument is that it's gross and not clean, you know, have someone take a shower or something. But right. they're not very they're, – they're not accurate arguments. You know, if your argument is that I'm just – I don't like it because I'm scared, cause I don't think that I have enough skills, then that's a great argument. You start to learn things so that you feel confident. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. You know, I – well, my – my first hubby, he wanted me to do when I was 18. And I'm like, I'm not doing that. And I ran out the room historically crying. And something said, if you don't suck his dick, someone else will. So I started watching porn. And that's how oh. I got really good at it. And then I learned yeah. that this is power. Oh, this is power. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. So I learned to tap, you know, you get tapped out. Yes, the fuck you do because I'm that good. However, I'm not sucking your dick unless you're eating my pussy. Yeah. Fair kind of tat, tat, tat. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I love mm-hmm. people. You know, and, it's, yeah. and I don't know if it's a different generation thing going on, Andy, right now, because younger people are, like, in it. They're like, you guys are just need to, like, wake up and call the call to you old folks because you're, you're missing out. But I think people who are, like, in their 50s or older are, like, somewhat reluctant, but older than six, like 60, they're like, I am not fucking this. Absolutely not. But your husband or man is definitely getting his dick sucked by someone younger. So learn yeah, they, they, I mean, they're, the desire doesn't <laughs> go away and, at all. So there's, there's that component. And, you know, um, in terms of young people, I think statistically it is saying that young people actually are not starting to have sex at an earlier age, but, they, but young girls are starting mm-hmm. to um, give blowjobs at a younger age than they were, you know, 10, 20 years ago. Um, and a lot of times they're actually doing it out of a situation where they feel obligated that if they don't do it, then they don't get to have the boyfriend or they don't get the attention. Exactly. You know, it's, they're, they're doing it, choosing it for 
um, not the most empowered reasons, and that is not going mm-hmm. the other way. You don't hear stories about, you know, 13-year-old boys who are eating pussy because they're afraid of losing the love. Like, it doesn't go that way. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, it's interesting you say it because when I was in college, um, chicks were, were virgins, but they were sucking dick. And that was, yeah. like, the norm, you know. And, yeah. and, and mm-hmm. it's interesting you say that because young women – are basically doing this because they want to keep the guy because young boys know when, you know, I want my dick sucked because that's the thing. And because, again, I think our culture has turned it into this thing where it's never, it's never about you. It's about, you know, pleasing him at all costs. It's still, to me, so one-sided. And that's a whole other topic, a whole other podcast episode. But, you know, because when I look at the, the statistics, Heterosexual women are still lagging 50% behind the spectrum of straight men versus gay men, bisexual men, bisexual women, um, gay women, lagging behind completely. It's because I think, again, no one's communicating about it, but also, when does it become part of the culture? You know, and why I still talk about this topic about all sex being still taboo, is because I don't know if you watch Big Brothers. I have it on. No. Oh, okay. Well, it's a it's a funny show, it's a reality show. But one of the guys, one of the guests in the house, was being evicted, and he alluded to the fact that there, if you don't, if you vote me out the house, you can suck it, like most of you guys are doing in the house anyway, sucking it. And CBS literally censored the whole. Yeah. This is the whole show. I said it was loose. I'm like, what? Like, I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. It's like, to me, I just find it insane. You know, and when will we get at a point where, you know, women also want to enjoy these pleasures? You know, having that pussy eaten or even just made love to in that way. You know, so do you mm-hmm. really think ever we'll get at a point where all sex will be comfortable to talk about? you know, um, in general or even on national TV, or is that like a misnomer? Um, I think it's, I, I think it's possible. I, I mean, I, I personally believe that, um, that we're going in all the directions, but I, I think that you, when you, if you watch Europe, right, like in Europe right now, you oh, can yeah, actually, they're, so in it. they're so ahead, you know, your places where they have vib- totally. vibrator commercials on cable TV and they're not afraid to put sexuality in front, you're not afraid of like, oh no, the children, you know, so, um, right. and so I think that, yeah, and American culture is a little bit behind and, and, um, and not as, as progressive, but we're more progressive than a lot of other places. And so I think it is yeah. possible that we'll go in a direction where there will be, um, more acceptance for these things to be, um, discussed or displayed. And um, oral itself just kind of has a funny thing to it though. So like, I looked at, I recently <laughs> I like looked that. at the word, the word blowjob and I was like, where does the word blowjob come from? Because we're definitely not just blow, like, it, blowing is not really a part of it. Um, and, and that must right. be so confusing <laughs> for, like, young people to hear about blowjobs. Like, I blow on it? Okay. So I looked it up as like, where did it come from? And, um, I couldn't really find anything that was like guaranteed Nothing. evidence, but, but what I what I did find was that the term blowjob is actually in reference to um, the act of blowing a load. So it's the ejaculation part that is the blow, ah. part. and then. 
the job is because in, I think it's the Victorian era and, you know, mm-hmm. before and after that, around there, uh, oral sex actually wasn't even something that married people did with each other. It's, right. it's a newer, and, and it was a long time ago. I'm not saying that that's the first, like it right. never was. I'm saying that there was a, a chart. Of time in history where I'm sure oral sex was like I'm sure cave humans were sucking each other's cocks and things, mm-hmm. um, and then the there was a Victorian <laughs> era that was very very uptight and oral sex was not something that you did. It was disgusting, and yet people right. still wanted it. So what men would do is they would go to a sex worker or you know a prostitute and pay them to blow for a blow job. That's why it's called a job. So. You pay a sex worker ah. to get the blowjob that you can't get in your marriage because in marriage you don't do oral. You only have vaginal right. and penis sex for procreation or maybe the occasional pleasure for him. And and so and that's still that old stuff is still here. Like it's yes. even if we don't identify as yes, religious folks or we don't identify mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. um you know, whatever, it's it's still lingering here and you know, so blowjob is being actually a part of what people who are sexually attracted to each other or love each other do is a is um a newer thing, like a newer thing in this modern era of humanity, and mm-hmm. I'm still not sure how it came to be, but like we're going in that direction, obviously. Well, and you said it because I agree with you a thousand percent because it's enough. Because my muse, when I was writing my book, I had said to him, Why do men love having their dick suck? He goes, You don't know? I'm like, No, tell me. He goes, because when a woman is blowing a guy or giving him a blowjob, the throat never expands and it stays moist. I'm like, oh, yeah. And they prefer that oh, than, than your pussy. I'm like, okay. Yeah. He was a crazy Italian uh-huh. from Brooklyn, so who knows? Anywho, but, I, but it made me think, like, maybe he's onto something. Why men love it so much, you know? Yeah. Yeah, well, there's, yeah, there, I mean, there's a number of factors there. And... People like different things. You know, there's there's different sensations that come with a mouth versus hands versus a pussy, pussy right. versus an ass, right. right? They're all all different mm-hmm. so literally and figuratively, you know, different strokes for different folks and it's and it's fun to spice things up and try different sensations and textures and positions and and oral really if oral's not on the table, you're you're taking a lot of options off the menu in terms of how you can right. enjoy people and a lot of people actually really yeah it's a great thing on the menu a lot of people really need or desire it as important part of the foreplay before any sort of penetration just anyways yeah mm. well also um i wanted to definitely share with my my listeners my P-Square community, that you mm-hmm. have workshops that they can definitely find on your on your website shamelesssex.com it's called Amy's Workshop and um, the uh, amazing one is called Orgasmic Bliss Men's Pleasure 101 and there's an Orgasmic Bliss Female Pleasure 101 Orgasm 101 Hello People and Divine Sex Tantra for the 21st Century and Anal Pleasure and Health 101 so make sure you visit their website, I'll definitely have that on my website as well. But also, I want to give a huge shout-out to um, the Pleasure Boutique, the Pure Pleasure Shop, 
And the address is 111 Cooper Street, Santa Cruz, California, right? That's you, right? Yep, that's us. Is that Okay, cool. And they open at 11.30 a.m., and I'll have this information on my website. But I wanted to share also with my amazing audience the three um, episodes that I just, like, oh, my gosh. So, of course, was number 64, What Women Wish You Knew About Eating Pussy. And that was Sean from the Love Drive podcast. Uh, he shares his top tips for pleasing the pussy. So check that out. Amazing. And then it was another great one I came across, Sex and Religion with Andrew Jasto. Did I pronounce that right, Amy? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, how has religion affected our sexuality? Uh, what do we do to free ourselves of our sexual shame that comes from religion? I really think that, um, and I don't know, maybe because I was talking to a colleague of mine, and it was like, well, maybe all sex tends to be still taboo because we're trying to hold on to that leave it to beaver era of something yeah. of wholesomeness. And I get that. Do you think that is true to some degree, Amy? Yeah, I think there's like the, yeah, the wholesomeness and then I mean if you are talking about religion, oral sex uh mm-hmm. is in the same category as anal sex, you know, as part of sodomy. So um it, yeah. like I said, that that stuff ah. even if you personally don't think that it that those those undertones wow. are still here. Um, yes. And yes, it's interesting. And oral sex is actually um, it has been illegal in a number of states up until recently. I'm not sure even if there might still be something illegal, but yeah, there's some weird oh, rules yeah. about oral sex and anal sex and um, and sex toys being illegal in states, and yet uh, it's still legal to rape your wife and like all kinds of crazy stuff. So I'm just like. And oh those are, those God. things are changing or have changed, but they it's just this outdated um, system that is still in place, and a lot of it is based on old stuff, old religion, religious beliefs, and things that we to currently don't apply to a lot of us. You know, and it's so it's so true that you said it because I literally forgot that oral sex was in the same vein in terms of some state that is illegal, and if yeah. you get caught, you can get arrested. And yeah. you just brought that back up to my teeth. I'm like, that's right. Oh, my goodness, which is totally insane. Because the same yeah. fools that are making these bullshit laws are the same ones that are getting a dick stuck in the bathroom behind the judge chambers. I'm just saying. I'm a New Yorker. Like I'm yeah. something. Any fucking crazy thing I want. Okay. And definitely last but not least, sex talk with historian Daniel Bolili. Did I pronounce that right? It's, it's, it's actually pronounced Daniele Bolelli if he's the Italian. Ah, Daniele Bolelli. Yeah. Okay, that's awesome. Yeah. And is and I what the small of underwriting was um, is sex work really the oldest profession? How has sexual shame shaped modern day culture from a historical perspective? And where did the term blowjob come from? So check that out um, on shamelesssex.com. Okay, so anything else you want to tap into? Um, I know we're going to wrap up. But again, I want yeah. to thank you so much. Sure. I mean, I was, the, one of the things I always say on our podcast that I love to say, any whether I'm teaching like, or you know, orgasm 101, anal 101, blowjob 101, um, and especially when it comes to touching vulvas, uh, is that I always like to tell people to go slower than slow. And then go slower than that. In in other words, whatever you think slow is, 
go slower than that. And especially when you're touching a body part for the first couple of minutes, um, this is really helpful in terms of letting the body really warm up to your touch, whether it's with hands or your own genitals, um, because we are taught to move fast and hard and not take a lot of time. And slowing down is wonderful, not only for the warm-up, but also you can feel a lot more when you slow down. And, again, fast and hard serves a time and place. But really, even for men that I know, like, you know, even penis owners who think they only like fast and hard, when they experience slow and soft for a little while, um, they oftentimes notice that they can feel more. There's more sensation there that they've just been kind of bypassing by moving so fast and hard. So this is for everyone. It doesn't matter what type of body you have and that it can, it's really, really important. And then the only other, um, I have so many tips, but the other tip that I often say that I like to say no matter where I'm teaching is, um, making sure that to, to up your sexual game, um, one important thing is to actually fully show up for it, meaning, to be present for it, to be in your body when you are being touched and to be in your body when you're touching someone else. And when I say in your body, I mean to be in your body and coming from the feeling place, the sensations versus in your head and all of your insecurities and your stories about what are they thinking? Am I going to orgasm? I'm taking too long. What do I look like? What do I smell like? What am I going to have for breakfast tomorrow? And these are all things that people spend a lot of time in their heads uh, getting stuck on while they're having sex. And that makes it so you don't get to feel as much. You don't get to even notice your partner or whoever you're playing with as much. Um, that can get in the way of orgasm, especially the, the thought of I'm not going to come or I'm going to come too quickly. Um, those things are will probably happen if you're thinking too much about that. So um, to really uh, advise people that if they want to want to really like take a step forward in their sexuality to start showing up for it with more presence. That, you know, thank you. You're just, I could talk to you forever, and I know we, we got to wrap this up. But, you know, one of the things when I would spend my 10 hour of intense, passionate, sensual, 10 hours of great lovemaking because we were so in the present and so in the now. And, you know, we don't, and I'm actually going to teach a class next year about getting back to basic, you know, how, and I love how you put it, you know, go slower than slow slower than slow mm-hmm. in a sense that slow it down enjoy yeah. the present you know enjoy the moment you know even when you caress and touch someone enjoy the stroke look at the body as a beautiful piece of artwork how do you delve yeah. into that how do you get lost into it even with the kids or even just looking into each other's eyes so thank you so much and I love how you said that how one step up their game you know be in the present that means be in the now love what you do even if it's a kiss or a touch or just a vision, love it, embrace it, and, and get lost in it. I love that. Wow, that mm-hmm. was just so great, Annie. Thank you again um, to my Peace Square committee for listening and, of course, welcoming my awesome guest, Annie Baldwin of Shameless Sex Podcast that airs weekly. So don't forget to subscribe to their awesome uh, podcast and tune in. And, again, I'll definitely have this information. And if I get this up this week, they will definitely be at the 2018 Sex Expo in Brooklyn. I'll have it on my website. So, Amy, oh, this, last this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this weekend, I know. So I'm definitely coming with gifts for you in April. <laughs> yes, oh, good. I look forward to meeting you in person. Yay. Yes. Yes, again, thank you so much. Have a wonderful evening and give a big hug to April. And please tell her to give one back to you for me. Until I, I will. We'll see you in a couple days. <laughs> 
<laughs> yes, and safe travels and have a blessed evening, babe. You too. Bye. Bye-bye. So thank you for staying to the very end. Thank you for your commitment. That was my interview with Amy Baldwin of the highly successful podcast called Shameless Sex. Again, to tap into her workshops, please visit their website called shamelesssex.com. And the great news is that I also had the pleasure of meeting the both of them, co-founders of the podcast called Shameless Sex. Amy Baldwin and April Lambert. April actually did the ribbon cutting to jumpstart the festivities for that weekend at the Brooklyn Expo Center, which is a phenomenal facility. And of course, huge shout out to Sarah Ramirez, who her and her team from XBiz did a phenomenal job, very professional, accommodating. I'm so looking forward to the 2019 Sex Expo. Um, I am so ready, and I will not sell out <laughs> this time. Again, to those who stopped by my booth, showed the love, shared the love, made the toast with me, who enjoyed my cocktail, Oralicious, and also the podcast um, insights that I've learned talking to Amy, but also, you know, Shout out to those who brought the Oral Sex Bill of Rights, who's taking the stance and, and making the pledge. And thank you for posting it on your Instagram accounts uh, to also, also the vendors who were actually there. You know, it wasn't intimidating like I thought it would be. Um, sexual Health, they were one of the major sponsors there. Uh, Babeland. Shameless Sex was there, of course. And our DJ Peridot was off the chain. What else can I tell you about that amazing event that weekend? But also, just to recap a little bit of what Amy said, you know, how we have to stay in the now, especially when we're vulnerable having sex in the sense that all our clothes is off there, no inhibitions. That's being transparent, you know, and, and allowing yourself to be vulnerable so you can enjoy the true essence of what loving is on the body. But the one thing that I want to share with you was the quote she said. She said, go slower than slow, then slower than that. So what does that tell you? What is she trying to say for you to comprehend what she meant? Basically, you have to be in the now. When your body's touched, feel the touch. Let your energies saturate one another, you know, when you're caressing or kissing, feel the kiss. Don't become robotic, you know. Just enjoy it for what it is. Our bodies are designed to enjoy sexual pleasure, not just the technical aspect of it, but the essence of it, the the actual touch of it, the feel of it. That's why our five senses do come into play. So you can enjoy the true authentic essence of what the body requires and that's to feel the sexual energy and get lost in it so to my peace square listeners thank you for staying into the very end like i said and i do look forward to try to bringing you another great episode to enjoy and listen to so don't forget to subscribe to my podcast 
leave your review, and I will send you your own oral sex Bill of Rights scroll autograph. Again, thank you and ciao.